Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. People lad, who live with their parents till their mid thirties. <laughs> All right, thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. I moved out. I moved out of my parents' house. Robbie Mackloff with you on the fifth of July. I guess I can say I'm in for Lawrence Holmes this afternoon. I got Adam Studzinski on the ones and twos back in the studios and a jam-packed show for you this afternoon. We'll be talking with Evan Altman of uh, Real Cubs Insider. He'll join me at 1 o'clock, and Josh Nelson from Sox Machine is going to join me at 2 o'clock. They will talk Cubs and Sox, respectively, obviously. And we're going to get into some NBA Finals with uh, Jim Ozarski of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's going to join me at 2.20. Adam, I was legitimately concerned when I connected to the, to the studio because I, I'm doing it from Milwaukee remotely today at the, the fan studios where I... Uh, do my weekday job, uh, weekdays three to six here on the fan up in Milwaukee because I connected, you know, via the technology that we have, and I texted you, Adam. I said, "I'm I'm ready to go when you are, man. Just let me know that I that I got this right and you hear me." And then it was like ten minutes of classic rock concert talk, and I was like, "Did I connect to the right station?" But I am on six seventy to score, right? Yes. This is yes. Okay, yes. this is. Yeah. The we sports talk radio station. We didn't, right, we didn't misconnect you to to XRT or anything. <laughs> okay, That's just good. All those, right. those guys. Those those guys just you know they they like to to go off topic. Frequently. And it was really it was really really interesting stuff. I was I was I was pulled in and and with it the whole time. I was just a little concerned that I didn't have the right station. So this is six seventy the score. I am Robbie Makloff. I'm with you for the next three hours. We're gonna get into some White Sox talk with you coming up in the one o'clock hour of the show. But while while you're out, whether you're out doing something on the 5th of July or whether you're just recovering from the 4th today, feel free to chime in at 312-644-6767. Give me a call or drop in the Rosen Hyundai text line. Uh, same number. That's Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And want to talk some Cubs with you out of the gates after another sweep over the weekend, this time at the hands of the Cincinnati Reds. I want to know... Would anything stop you from selling at this point if you're Jed Hoyer with the trade deadline just over three weeks away? Because 
I, like I just said, I, I do weekday afternoon show up in Milwaukee at, at the Scores Sister Station, uh, 12.50 a.m., The Fan. And I was talking about this NL Central race from from the Milwaukee perspective on my show last week. And I said, this this thing ain't over yet. It's pretty close to being over, but it ain't over yet. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to declare the Pirates dead. I don't think the Reds are anything really to worry about for whoever is in first place in this division and trying to hold everybody else off. I just don't think they have it. I'm even pretty close to ready to 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 calling the 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 Cardinals season dead here in 2021. I, I wasn't quite ready to declare the Cubs dead after the after the sweep at the hands of the Brewers that put them six out. But now another sweep this time at the hands of the Reds. And the Brewers win two of three. They finally lost yesterday, so I guess that's a good thing for Cubs fans. The Brewers finally lost after 11 straight. But even with that, now eight back, and like I said, just over three weeks before the trade deadline. Is there anything that would stop you from selling at this point if you were Jed Hoyer? And this is what Jed Hoyer had to say about it. He said, the honest answer to that is July 30th when asked when he needs to make a decision on this team and and the guys who have pending contracts. He says, I think we have to prepare and we have to have internal discussions a lot, but you don't make a decision on the either side of the ledger before that. But you do have all the time in some ways in terms of preparation. We have to internally make sure we're prepared to do both. We have to make the best decisions for the organization, and we have until the 30th. Obviously, things can happen before then. And that last line, that last sentence right there, obviously things can happen before then, is is real cryptic and telling about about where Jed Hoyer is at right now. That means that, yeah, they have until until the, the July 30th trade deadline to do something. But if if the right offer comes in, I think guys could be had right now. And when I say guys, I'm talking you know who I'm talking about, the three biggest names with contracts expiring at the end of this year with Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, and Craig Kimbrell as well at the back end of that bullpen. And if if a good enough offer came in for any of them right now, I would probably go ahead and pull the trigger. And I don't know who's staying, I don't know who's going, but if you're Jed Hoyer and you have names circled in your in your notebook as far as who who you're who you're planning on trading away, if a good enough offer comes in, I'd go ahead and pull the trigger right now before that team goes shopping somewhere else and and spends whatever assets they might send here to Chicago to another team instead and 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 pull that that offer off the table. Because you you could say that June wasn't as bad as it looked. It was it was going to be a tough climb. You started a seven-game uh, West Coast trip back on June 3rd. They've only played eight of their 26 games at home since then. Twice they had night games on the getaway day. Anthony Rizzo didn't play not one game in that Brewers series. Chris Bryant only played one game in that series. And Nico Horner and Matt Duffy were both out since late May. And Trevor Williams is still on the injured list. And Edward Alzale just came back. So you you could look at that and say, hey man, maybe maybe they just maybe the deck was just stacked against them in the month of June and and give these guys time to pull out. Don't don't pull the trigger on a fire sale just yet. Give these guys some time to pull out. That was that was a rough June that those guys had to fight through. But I I really think that some of these flaws are real. And I I'm not pointing out anything that that anybody else hasn't pointed out before about this team. Starting pitching is just not carrying their weight. That's starting to take its toll on the bullpen. This offense 
has been inconsistent for five years. Theo Epstein said it was broken after the 2018 season, and they haven't done much to to, to fix it since then. And the offense, in turn, stresses the pitching because they're never pitching with a lead. So these guys are nibbling, trying to play the corners, and then their their pitch count is racking up and racking up and racking up, and then you have to go to the bullpen and now we're seeing the bullpen fall apart. Tapera is now down. It's it's just a vicious cycle. And you and this doesn't happen in a vacuum. I just brought up the Milwaukee Brewers who won 11 in a row before they finally lost yesterday and I see this team day in and day out, guys. I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon. I really I think I don't even think they've played their best baseball yet. Christian Yelich Hasn't looked like Christian Yelich all season. The way their pitching isn't going anywhere. The back end of that bullpen isn't going anywhere. And I think their offense, which is bottom third in the league right now, only gets better. And so I don't and and I think that David Stearns, their their president of baseball operations up there, is is going to make moves and probably really smart, savvy moves because that's been his MO. And you know what? Maybe it's a blessing that this happened now. Maybe it's a blessing that that the Cubs... I don't think I've ever quoted Maya Angelou on a radio show. I'm going to go ahead and do it. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And and for too long, the Cubs have have given us promise and given us something something to root for and cheer for until September. And at that point, it's too late. To, to to change course or to do anything drastically different. And then this team just falls apart. I wanted them to compete against all odds this year after the trade of Darvish, but I'm starting to realize now it just wasn't meant to be. The sell-off started with Darvish. Let's just go ahead and finish it. That's the And they're not Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. sorry Adam. No, no, go ahead, mean, man. Uh, so that's that's the, what you're saying is yeah, this is who the Cubs have been since 2017. They they yeah. have moments where they explode offensively, like, say, the entire month of May, and then their bats just completely disappear all at once. So it's... it's I, I thought that regression was coming to them after May. I, I didn't think that they were going to keep... Because, I mean, it, plus the guys that were they were getting it done with was just unsustainable, it felt like. You know, Patrick Wisdom wasn't going to keep mashing the right. ball the way he was, right? Right. Like, so <laughs> it's it just this this regression I felt was coming, and I think that this team where they're at close to five hundred is more representative of what they actually are are right now. So those things I mentioned, the the hurdles they had to clear in June, you're not giving them you're not giving them a pass or, or grading on a curve because of that, Adam. I, I think there's a, obviously a little bit of that in there. I mean, Chris Bryant went to a slump and, and now is banged up. Anthony Rizzo having his back flare up again. So they'll certainly get those bats back and the offense should be better than it has been in the last, in this, during this nine game losing streak. But that being said, I mean, their bullpen is completely imploded and they're starting pitching. I mean, they have, you know, Kyle Hendricks, is looking like his normal self. Zach Davies has been better than what he started, but I mean, Jake Arrieta is just bad right now. And then after that, I mean, their, their rotation is completely 
it's yeah. I mean it's I mean, it's, it's barely too deep at this point. Dude, Arietta is a shell of himself. Like you I'm watching that guy, I just I it 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 reminds me of what this team once was and everything that we were hoping that it could be and never really quite lived up to to those hopes and dreams, Adam. And and here's the thing. Ultimately, here's the thing. Like it, let's say you're not ready to be a seller yet. As I ask, what what if anything could stop you from being a seller at this point if you were Jed Hoyer? 312-644-6767. Get in on the conversation via phone or text. Let let's say you're not there yet. Let's say you don't want them to be sellers. Do you really think they're going to be buyers? And I think I think most of us know at this point that the answer to that is no. As far as adding something significant, difference makers, game changers, I, I'm not expecting that. So what's the end game? Do we really do we really want to go into September with this group of guys? Let's say let's say between now and the trade deadline on the 30th, these guys rally and get within three four games of first place in the NL Central. Do we do we really want to ride that hope into September again to watch this team fall apart again, to watch this offense disappear again and then get nothing for Bryant and or Rizzo and or Baez this offseason when they walk away in free agency? I don't want any of those guys to leave. I've said a number of times in my, my hosting stints here on the score that the sentimental side of me and what, the, what those guys gave me as a Cubs fan and winning the World Series in 2016, I'd probably, I'd probably let my heart get the best of me and be dumb enough to just let's give those guys lifetime contracts. Like seriously, I don't want any of them to leave. But I also, I, I, I have an, I have an eye on what's going on and and what reality is for this Cubs team. And I know that at least one or two of those guys isn't going to be a Cub next year in all likelihood. And I don't want to get nothing for them. So, like I said, maybe it's a blessing. That instead of falling apart in September and October, the Cubs showed us who they really were in June. I, I'm I'm ready. I don't like it. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the Cubs to sell right now. And and if I put myself in Jed Hoyer's chair, I don't know that there's anything that could change that between now and and the trade deadline. Unless unless the Rick has come to me and say, go do whatever you gotta do. To win a World Series this year, there are no limits on what you can spend or what you can give up at the trade deadline. If that happens, okay, but that ain't happening. That is simply not happening. So what's the end game? If we're not buying, if we're not really going for a World Series here this year, what's the end game? To just give these guys a farewell tour in the second half of the season after the All-Star break? Like, that's that's cool and sentimental and all, but... I'm, try- I'm trying to do what's best for this organization if I'm the president of baseball operations. Would you, would anything stop you from selling at this point if you were Jed Hoyer? 312-644-6767. Let's get in Nick in Rockford. You're on with Rami Makhlouf on the score. What's up, Nick? Hey, uh, I've been a Cub fan for 54 years, and I've watched time. these kids come into their own and suffered through 2013, 14, and Finally, in 15, they start playing, and then 16, they won the World Series. Uh, and I love them, like you said. We hate to see them go, but Leo DeRocher back in the 60s, back, he said, back up the truck and load them up. And that's what we have to do. We have to bite the bullet. Uh, I, would, I would definitely, uh, like you said, get something for them now, and let's start. Let's start over. Uh, I would put Hayward on the bench and not play him, but keep him around, obviously, because we're going to pay him anyways. Nobody's going to want him, and he can help the young kids coming in. 
if we even decided not to sell, what are we going to do with pitching? I mean, we're not going anywhere. Right. I mean, we don't have – I mean, Milwaukee is the team to beat because if they get in the, if they get into the playoffs, they've got three strong pitchers that could cause some problems with any team. And uh, we don't have it. And we have to admit that. And, you know, I mean, Anthony Rizzo is my wife's favorite player, and we love the guy. But, you know, it's time to cut the strings and uh, let some of these people go. We can't afford them. We can't afford to give a real long contract to Bryant. We've, uh, we've done that before, and we've got burnt. And so we just need to start. Look at Milwaukee. I mean, they have mediocre players, a good pitching staff, and they're playing great ball. So that's Nick, my, thanks, for the, thanks for the call, I, Nick. I appreciate it. Yeah, they, the, I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say that they have mediocre players up in Milwaukee, especially not not on that pitching staff. What they have are are they don't have the the name value of obviously some some of the guys that on the Cubs do. You have four guys who've gotten MVP votes in that Cubs lineup on a day to day basis. But what the Brewers have done, and and they're very savvy in the way that they construct their rosters. They have really deep, versatile rosters. They've used almost sixty players in big league games this year because of injuries and because of shuttling pitchers back and forth between AAA Nashville and and their big league club in Milwaukee. They're real, real smart and savvy about how they construct and use a a roster up in Milwaukee and and about how they acquire talent and and the talent that they do acquire. And and they've they've done a good job of of putting it together up there. And, And I agree with Nick when he says if that team gets in the playoffs, they could make some noise because pitching takes a lot of the randomness out of the MLB postseason, which can be very, very random. But asking you about the Cubs right now, and would anything stop you from selling at this point if you were Jed Hoyer? 312-644-6767. Give me a call or get in the Rosen Hyundai text line. Robbie Makloff with you on a Monday afternoon on 670 The Score. Hey, Mel. Bry here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
all along. Our hope has been that we would be on the buy side, and, and certainly the way we played in May and the, where we are in the standings, that would, you know, that would certainly be the decision. Uh, you know, that said, I, I they do feel like we, you know, um, there's no, you know, we can't have some arbitrary cutoff where that that's decided. You know, so obviously, like right now, uh, there's no question we're not in that in that position. We don't want to be in that position, and I, I hope we play well all month but you know i think ultimately um there is there is no reason there's no there's no cutoff uh you know and i think we have to continue to just to make the make the best decisions but just to be clear you know um i love the way this team's playing the energy has been fantastic now, obviously bullpen has has really has really stepped up and you know there'd be a you know certainly it's our hope to, to be on that on the the good side of the, those transactions so to speak where we're adding and and uh, really pushing to you know to win this year. I think I think that's what everyone, you know, from ownership on down really wants. There's Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer. That was one month ago today, talking about where they'd like to be between then and the trade deadline. Obviously, June did not go their way. Rami Makhlouf with you on a Monday afternoon after the 4th of July weekend and asking, would anything stop you from selling at this point if you were Jed Hoyer? 312-644-6767. Give me a call or drop a text in the text line and had similar things to say a couple days ago when talking about where this team is at now, but also tagged it with we have until the July until the 30th. Obviously, things can happen before then. I think that says that if a good enough offer comes in for whoever they plan on moving between now and the trade deadline, that they they will pull the trigger. And and I'd be okay with that. I, I don't see this team being buyers. And if they're not being buyers, then they might as well be sellers because this group ain't winning a World Series, and better that they show us this now than what they've done the last few years where they look good until September or October, and then and then the real Cubs come out. So I, I say go ahead and sell, and I don't think there's anything that's going to change my mind between now and then. A few texts came in while I was talking about this in the first segment. This from the uh, from the 480. The Cubs opponents are looking pretty weak this month. They have six games against the D-backs. That's kind of what I'm worried about. I'm kind of worried about some fool's gold popping up here and 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 convincing the Cubs that maybe they do have something and not selling and then and then one or two or all three of those guys between Baez, Rizzo and Bryant walking away for nothing in the offseason. That that's worst case scenario for me. Let's get in Kevin on the uh north side. You're on with Rami Makloff on the score. What's up, Kev? Hey, good afternoon. Happy 4th or happy 5th now. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh you know, I I fully believe that Jed should be a seller. Get what you can for Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. I think you keep Contreras, but I think you got to get something for these guys because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it's, you know, and, and I'm talking about quality AAA players that can step in sooner than later and make an impact on this team, not single-A garbage like we got for Darvish that are playing in South Bend. You mm-hmm. know, somebody that you can build around quicker than, than, than later. And, and, and you know, let's and, and let's say hypothetically, okay, let's say the Cubs go eight and two over the next ten. The Brewers go two and eight, and they do climb within two and a half or three games of first place. Even winning this division isn't that really the equivalent of being dubbed the tallest midget. You're not going to be playing Colorado, Arizona if it's the the playoffs. You're going to be playing the Giants or the Padres or the Dodgers. And if you go against the Dodgers, you're going to be looking at Kershaw, Bauer, maybe Urias, and you're going to be countering with what Hendricks. 
Alzali and Arietta. Does that do anything for you? I mean, it's it. You know, and think about this, and, and it's sad because if you were to take those three aforementioned Dodger starters in a, in a best of five series, and you countered with Hendricks and and Darvish and Lester, that kind of changes everything, doesn't it? And it doesn't it put a whole yeah. different perspective on things. Yes. And, and you think to yourself, hey, even if we get five out of Lester, we've got one of the most proven bullpens in baseball. Hey, we got a shot at this, you know. But I mean, it just. I just I, I just don't see them doing anything once they get to the playoffs because it's just they, the West Coast trip was a disaster, and that's ultimately who they're going to be playing if they make the playoffs. Let's face it, no wild card teams are going to be coming out of the Central this year, and uh, you know I think it's just going to be another situation where they're going to be scoring one or no runs in the postseason, and they're going to be three and out or four and out if, even if they do advance past the first wild card round. Kevin, thanks for the call, man. I, I appreciate it, and and he makes. He makes some great points there. Now, I, I've I've mentioned already, Major League Baseball playoffs can can be very very random. You you, you would think seven game series, more times than not, are going to give you a a true outcome, and they do in the NBA because performance from the po- from the regular season to the postseason is usually pretty consistent in in the NBA. In Major League Baseball, you have so many swings in either direction, so so many peaks and valleys over the course of a season when you're talking about a lineup. What takes a lot of the randomness out of a Major League Baseball postseason is great starting pitching. The Brewers have that. I I, I agree with what he says about who comes out of the NL Central to a degree. The reason I'd give the Brewers any chance to make some noise in the postseason is because of the great starting pitching that they have. And if you can shut down a lineup, well, you can win three or four games and come out with a series victory. I don't see that with this Cubs team. I don't see that. And Kevin brings up a great point. Wouldn't it be nice to throw Hendricks, uh, Darvish, and Lester at somebody? And even, yes, Lester is a little bit older. You're not going to get as many innings out of him as as you would have previous. But with this bullpen, that, that wouldn't be so bad, would it? That would be all right if you had that, if you had the combination of Lester and then and then you hand it off to the bullpen for, for three or even four innings on a day where he can't give you more than, more than five. That's fine. Because Darvish and, and Hendricks are, are doing their thing at the top end of the rotation and taking some of the load off that bullpen. This has been a vicious cycle for the Cubs in the month of June that kind of showed you who they really were. The lineup wasn't consistent. Put an already subpar starting rotation behind the eight ball day after day because they're never pitching with leads. Now they're nibbling the corners and trying to work the edges their pitch counts are racking up, and the one strength you had on this team in the bullpen starts to fall apart because you had to go to them way, way too much. You really going to fix that between now and July 30th? I don't see it. I don't see them even wanting to fix that between now and July 30th. Any, any run that they make now will be a mirage. And they they'll they'll make a bunch of money. Wrigley Field will stay full if they can if they can stay in the race. And you have recognizable names running out there and Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, and the rest. And hey, man, I'm headed to Wrigley Field on July 24th for the first time since COVID. Part of me kind of hopes those guys are still around so that I can see them one last time before before this fire sale starts. But I I I see what this is. I know what it is. And I don't, I'm not I'm not going to get pulled back in again. You're not you're not going to get me with a banana in the tailpipe. Not again.
I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. This team is not good enough to win a World Series. And they don't even have the intangibles that might give a team that's not good enough to win the World Series a a shot a shot at a random at the random of being a a a beneficiary of the randomness of Major League Baseball's postseason. They just don't. They don't have the formula, man. And good that they showed it to us now and not three months from now. And then those guys walk away for nothing after what turned out to be a meaningless second half of the year. From the 312 in the Rosen Hyundai text line, they need to get at least one MLB ready prospect for Kimbrell, the same for KB, and some decent prospects for Rizzo and Baez. Not everybody, right? We're not getting Adam, we're not getting rid of everybody, are we? It's no, not gonna be I Rizzo would, and Bryant and by Kimbrell, I'm I'm pretty much resigned to. But those other three guys are keeping one or two, hey, aren't I don't they? see I don't see a reason. If you're if you decide to sell, there's no reason to keep Kimbrell. What what are you trying to save games for at that point? Right? Yeah. But so yeah, I think he would definitely be gone. I think of Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez, I would take Bryant of the three, because I think he's just the best player. Right? I mean, I know he went through a slump before he got hurt here, but you know, Chris Bryant, I don't know why some Cubs fans decided that he's not worth the time. No, I don't talk. Years. I don't. I don't. I don't talk baseball with Cubs fans who don't understand yeah. how good Chris Bryant yeah, is. Yeah, You're wasting exactly. my time. So yeah, yeah K- KB I think is the best of the, all of them, and he needs to stick around. If you're, if you're keeping at least one, Rizzo. I mean, he's still a good hitter, but the, these back problems happen every year. It doesn't stop him from having a good season overall. I understand that, but he's getting older. I think you let him. You try to get something for him. You know, you can. You can sell him as a as a rental player to somebody. And Javier Baez, I mean, the dude just can't stay consistent at the plate. He's a great fielder. He's exciting. And, like, I understand that, like, he's kind of, in a, in a way, like, the face of the team. He's the guy everyone loves because he's such a flashy player. But the dude still swings at pitches outside the zone every single game. Like, it's unbelievable. He's... I don't know why anyone ever throws him a ball in the zone. <laughs> he, he will swing. He has the most predictable at bats. I remember last week, I can't remember exactly which game it was. I was working the game. It was maybe last Sunday. He was up, bases loaded, two outs in the ninth, and I like, I'm like, I know it's one out at that point, maybe. And I was like, I was like, I guarantee he's going to strike out here. And yeah, three inside fastballs, three swings and misses, down, done. It, it just he's he's so frustrating, and I don't think that you want to give that guy. $150 million to come up and swing at pitches outside the zone all the time. No, he's a, he's a mistake hitter. He, he, he takes it and he's, he's one of the best in the league at taking advantage of mistakes. I don't think anybody throws Javi Baez strikes on purpose. Adam. I don't think that happens because you're right. You and I see it. There's no way major league pitchers and pitching coaches and catchers, like the brain trust that gets together to decide what they're going to throw at Javi Baez. I don't think any of them are, are willingly or voluntarily throwing strikes to Javi. I think those are, those are mistakes that he is very good at identifying and very good at putting out on Waveland Avenue. I, th- I think that's what happens when Javi Baez is hitting the baseball. Oh, and and abs- that's, not, that's not to take anything away from him. Like, there have been a lot of great Major League Baseball hitters, and especially power hitters, who aren't the most disciplined, but make a mistake to them, and, and they're going to make you pay for it nine times out of ten. Let's get in one more call on this. It'll be Todd and Dwight. You're on with Rami Makhlouf on 670 The Score. What's up, hey, Todd? Hey, thanks for taking my call, buddy. Sure. Uh, happy fourth weekend. Uh, Same to you. But the point I was 
uh, the point I was going to make uh, as quick as I can is the, the people that uh, we uh, would want to trade, they're not who the uh, other GMs are going to be calling for. GMs aren't stupid. I mean, it's just not the dumb guy in our fantasy league that we can take advantage of. The guys people are going to want are the ones we won't give up. We're not going to trade the corner. We're not going to trade Elsley. We're not going to trade the other catcher. I mean, those are the ones that are going to get you the top-tier prospects. Otherwise, you're just going to get guys like you got for Darvish because Ryan Rizzo, they're injury-prone. And they're on a walk here. And then Bias and Turris, we love them, but they're 220 hitters who strike out all the time. Try selling that to a GM, you know, in Cleveland or San Diego or whatever. They're going to be like, yeah, we'll give you a mid-tier Class A. I mean, we love them. So my point is I think they're more valuable to the Cubs than any other team, the guys that are talking about trading. And, uh, you know, because you can just – the fans love them. You even said you want to go see them one more time. You can sell it like – to the team. We love our guys. We're going to stick with them. We're going to hope to resign them. And then you get the compensatory pick uh, if they do uh, walk and go someplace else and free up a bunch of money. But the reality is we it's not 2002 anymore where you get four top two prospects for a guy in a walk here. You're going to get true. exactly what you, you got. It. You're going to get exactly what you got for Darvish. And like I said, they're more valuable to Chicago because, A, we love them. And we know that, you know, we're not hometown stupid in this case. I think we're hometown smart. You know what I mean? So sometimes the statistics do lie. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. Todd, appreciate the call. I I, I disagree to an extent with, with what he said there about the value of those guys. I, I think I think all three in Baez, Bryant, Rizzo are are very good ball players. And I, I think teams around Major League Baseball would recognize that and will recognize that and dish out big money when those guys are available in free agency this offseason. But he alluded to to what they got for for you, Darvish. And that's that's what concerns me more than anything, is that the the value of young, affordable, controllable talent has skyrocketed across Major League Baseball because fewer teams are actually trying to win now than we've seen at any at any point in Major League Baseball. From year to year, you have like five to seven teams tops that are actually going for a World Series. And the other the other 25, 27 teams are are holding on to all their young, affordable, controllable talent. And so the premium on them goes up. And in the trade market, the value for a veteran, especially a veteran with an expiring contract, tends to go down. So I think I think a lot of teams will see the value in a in a Baez, a Bryant, or a Rizzo, and contenders will dish out big money for that come this offseason. But I I I I do worry about the trade market. I, I worry about the trade market a little bit and what you can get for those guys between now and the trade deadline because of what we've seen the trade market turn into the last four years in major across major league baseball. I mean, you it's it it has just come to a grinding halt. And like I said, the value and the premium on young controllable talent has only gone up. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. Interesting conversation on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday with uh, Jake Berger. Wanted to bring that your way this afternoon. Rami Makloff in with you on uh, a Monday after 4th of July weekend on Chicago's Sports Talk radio station, AM 670, The Score. Tommy Mackloff with you on a Monday afternoon as you all recover. I think everybody's probably just sitting in the house recovering today, cooling off from 4th of July weekend. We'll talk some Cubs with Evan Altman of Cubs Insider coming up at 1 o'clock. I want to talk some White Sox with you after that. And uh, Josh Nelson, host of the Sox Machine podcast, is also going to be joining me 
at 2 o'clock. But speaking of those White Sox, earlier this weekend, Saturday to be exact, they had a chance to catch up with Jake Berger shortly after he was uh, called up to the big league club by the Chicago White Sox. Bring you that right here, right now on AM670 The Score. Obviously, I played with him in 2017. We we did everything together because we, we, we roomed together. We went to low A together, um, flew together everywhere. And, you know, to see him go through what he went through from 2017 to now is um, – it's it's pretty spectacular to see where he is right now because he's been through a lot and you know tons of up and downs more downs than up but you know this season to see him start out and you know in the beginning of the season it started like a it's it's good to be back it's fun to be playing baseball and then you kind of saw that shift in the season where it was like man you know I can do this I can be a big leaguer again. Welcome back inside the clubhouse Chicago Sports Radio six seven to score. I'm David Hall with. Line until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Gavin Sheets talking fondly about his teammate Jake Berger, who he has come up through the White Sox system with, and who wasn't happy for Jake Berger last watching him come through, get his first major league hit, hear the emotion in his voice post game. And let's go out to the guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find the man of the moment, Jake Berger. Good morning and congratulations, Jake. Good morning. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. How'd you sleep last night? I slept like a baby. You know, uh, the night before, <laughs> I, I couldn't get any sleep, and then I uh, finally came off the adrenaline high a little bit and uh, went to bed. Jake, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your first hits, and we'll talk about your first experience, but I want to know that feeling, that sensation, that thought process when you first stepped into the batter's box for your first at bat. What's going through your mind? How do you block out all the emotion and get through that at bat and and do what you end up doing? Uh, Honestly, it was just breathe. Um, You know, Steve Finley, um, I talk with him a lot, and uh, he's like, make sure you you take, like, as many deep breaths as you can. That's what everybody else is telling me. So uh, that's kind of how I – Got, like got outside of the emotions and just uh, play baseball. But, you know, I, you step into the box and there's nothing like it. I mean, legs are jello and, um, you know, you, you can't really feel your body. Um, and so I, I definitely wanted to take a pitch just to, like, feel the moment for a sec. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was – there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that feeling. So, Jake, when you – when you have the success that you had last night and everybody kind of starts to learn more about your story, people are amazed that it's hard enough to come back from one major injury in an athlete's career, but you did it twice. You did it twice, and to have two Achilles injuries to the extent that they were, you know, set you back. And how would you describe how the journey was and what was the most difficult part to overcome? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's tough. Uh, it's a struggle, and mentally, uh, I think it's harder than the physical side of it. Um, you know, constantly not sure if you're ever going to play baseball again. Um, not sure if you're ever going to step on a field again. And so, um, you know, I think that's probably the hardest part: just seeing all your friends have success, and you're really happy for them, but you just don't know if you're going to get back to playing with them. So, uh, that's definitely the hardest part. And uh, it was a long journey, but I'm happy I went through it. You uh, mentioned, and, and by, the, by the way, Jason Benetti, uh, the great Sox broadcaster, asked you some really uh, good questions in the postgame. And you mentioned 
the support you got from your parents and how they were there for you and how they said don't give up uh, and taught you that. How, how much of, of that, you know, having breakfast with them and the rest of the family today, uh, were you appreciative of where you come from and who you are? No, I I give everything to my parents. Um, you know, they, they helped me get through those tough times. If it wasn't for them, I probably would have quit. Um, so, you know, I, I got to give everything to them and for constantly believing in me and constantly just supporting me and seeing my talent for what it is. So, um, you know, you lose sight of that when you're hurt. Um, so just like having that that whole moment with them was really special. So t- who was there last night and how far of a trip did they have to make and how did how much of a scramble was it to get the right tickets? And there's that other element besides just focus on the fact, OK, I'm playing third base tonight. But I would imagine that those are some pleasant distractions to have to deal with. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, my, my mom, dad and sister uh, came. So just my direct family. And I think it's like an eight hour drive from St. Louis. So not too bad. And uh, I got the tickets for them and they're I. <laughs> I I still know like they're they're excited for tonight even you know it's just like they, they saw what I went through firsthand and so um, it's just it's cool to share that with them. When you got the word in the minor leagues that they were going to start playing you at second base, how excited did you get? How nervous did you get knowing that you're a third baseman? They're thinking, well, we need we have a need at second base. We're we're, we're we're thinking about uh, watching him see how he does there, and and what was that, what was that transition like? I mean, how difficult was all of that to uh, mentally absorb and then physically go do? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't too hard because it's an infield spot. I think I think if you go out to the outfield, it's a little different. But um, you know, you get a little more time at second base, and uh, I don't know. It's just. Uh, it, it was cool that, you know, they're trying to work me out at different positions. You know, that's always uh, a good sign. So, um, you know, that that made me feel pretty good. Um, and how were you on with your back to the – how were you with your back to the uh, first baseman making that uh, pivot? How hard was that? Yeah, that's, that's, a, little, that's a little different. Um, you know, it's uh, – you're used to your momentum going towards first base at third, and, um, you know, at second is a little different. So uh, just kind of – Feeling that out, definitely. Uh, so it's interesting for sure. Talking with Jake Berger, the White Sox third baseman who had his first major league hit last night in Detroit against the Tigers here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Jake, so it's 2011. You're a kid growing up in St. Louis. You're at the World Series Game 6. Tony La Russa is the manager of that Cardinals team. Tony La Russa, the Hall of Famer. And now... Now he's the guy putting your name in the lineup card. When you walked into the clubhouse last night, when you were in the dugout, did you have a pinch me, uh, is this real moment when you looked over and you saw Tony La Russa as your manager? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was special. It was really cool to have that experience with him. And uh, I still haven't talked to him about game six, but I'm going to at some point. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at, at this point, we're just we're focused on winning games for the White Sox. So, um, you know, that it, it makes it simple just, just doing that. Jake, there's a lot of White Sox pride going on at the major league level, and I imagine at your level where you just came from as well, with so many players uh, being drafted, signed, drafted, and now playing at the major league level coming through the system. Is it noticeable when you have conversations with guys that were uh, 
with you in the minor leagues that uh, hey, uh, we're not only uh, we're not only having a chance to play in the major leagues, but something really special may be happening here in this this clubhouse in this organization. Yeah, no, it's really it's really cool um, just having that experience with with the guys that you come up with and the younger guys in the clubhouse and just you know being a part of a pennant race. It's it's always always exciting. But um, hey, guys, I gotta I gotta cut it short. Sure. Um, Super Joe's telling me to go outside take some ground balls. So uh, <laughs> sorry about that. All right. Well, thank. Okay, Best thanks of luck for joining us. <laughs> yeah, Jake, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, when the coach calls, you you go take ground balls. You know, you know, you know, you, you cut off the the radio interview and go right away. That was Jake Berger with the guys on Hit and Run Saturday morning over the Fourth uh, of July weekend. Rami Makhlouf here with you on Monday as you uh, all recover. And that that's a really cool story. And that's kind of been the story of the White Sox this year of of unlikely heroes one after the other stepping up. And and kind of what I want to talk about with you, White Sox fans, coming up in the one o'clock hour, just, just how sustainable the way that the White Sox are winning this year is. But that's a conversation for the one o'clock hour. Evan Altman of Cubs Insider is going to join me coming up at the top of that one o'clock hour. And uh, I saw his tweet last night. The night is filled with the boom of fireworks, the wail of sirens, and the crooning of color me bad. So <laughs> that's that's what it sounded like in Chicago last night, I guess. Got Adam Stadzinski back in the studios. I'm here in our Milwaukee studios. I live in Milwaukee. I do a weekday afternoon show on the score's sister station, 1250 AM, The Fan. Adam, was till what time were fireworks going on in your neighborhood last night, or could you hear them at least? Oh, dude. All right. So first of all, I, I, I have a second gig at a bar in Wrigleyville, right? I had to okay. go in there last night. Oh, God. So I left to go in at about 930, and my neighborhood on the northwest side sounded like a war zone. It was insane. Yeah. Like, it, people, yeah. people all around me were lighting fireworks. And so anyway, long story short, I had, I'm heading home from closing the bar. It's a little after 2 o'clock in the morning, and I still am hearing fireworks. When I when I got home, so it was at least two thirty in the morning that people were lighting them off, but probably Look, longer than that. I've I've turned over a new leaf, Adam Studzinski and six seventy the score listeners. I used to I used to rail against all fireworks. I used to just say we we should just be done with fireworks. They're dumb. It's just loud lights and uh, bright lights and loud explosions. I don't even know how you're entertained by this or having fun. But after COVID, I'm like. I'm I'm more of just I'm I'm more just let people have their fun. You know what I mean, Adam? Even if it's not my fun, I'm just more hands off. And if it's not my thing, whatever. If it's your thing, enjoy. And even even fireworks to a degree. But can we can we draw some parameters here? Can we draw some lines, please? Because yesterday I went to walk my dog before the fireworks start, Adam. Because my dog, like a lot of dogs, freaks out from fireworks, right? So I go out at four in the afternoon, four in the afternoon, broad daylight, couldn't be brighter outside. Sun is shining. Skies are blue. You can't even see fireworks, dude. But there you are. There you are lighting off your fireworks at four in the afternoon fireworks, dude. And then, like you said, Adam, my neighborhood in, in Milwaukee, it's a little neighborhood by the that, that it's it's called Bayview and it's called Bayview because it's right on the lake. It's right on the bay. And my house is probably just about two or three miles from from the lake and must just be the way that sound travels. I think I'm hearing 
every fireworks display from every neighborhood along a lakeside for a good 50 miles, dude. And it's going on to like, I went, I fell asleep on my couch, got up at like 1, 130 to go to bed. And it still sounded like you said, like a war zone, have your fireworks. Fine. Can we just draw some parameters though? Can we, can we have like a, like wait until the sun goes down and then I don't know, maybe 10, 10 30 at night. Shut that crap down. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, how, how long I'm, do you need to hear these explosions and see these bright lights in the sky? I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. If you're doing it in broad daylight, that's what really annoys me because what's why? The point? Yeah. What's the what's point the of point? that? That just, come on. And then, yeah, I, I get it. Fourth of July, light fireworks after dark, all you want until like midnight or 1, 1 a.m. at the absolute latest. At that point, though, like shut it down. I, I get that, you know, a lot of people had the day off. I get it. So you're up late. Adam and I had to work today. Yeah, yeah, I had to work. So, you know what? Be considerate. <laughs> exactly. Be considerate. And you told me you had a, a wedding over the weekend. I heard at the end of, at the guys before before I came out, you didn't tell me you officiated a wedding over there. I didn't know that you were a wedding oh, yeah. official. I, wow. This was the first one I ever did. So, oh, yes, really? Yeah, two of my friends from college, uh, they've been together forever, and they finally were getting married. And yeah, they asked me to be, the, be their officiant. So, that's what Is I this- did. Is this something that like you you want to do, or you just did it as a favor to friends? No, they just like, is it, this they another just, side gig along with I mean, the bar? It, you know, it, it might it might <laughs> develop into a side gig, but for right now, it's just a one time thing. Like I don't plan on. I mean, if one some of my other friends want me to do it in the future, like I'm or, I'm ordained now, right? So I'm I'm a man of the cloth. Well, not really. It's a not. It, it's you know the internet guys gave me yeah. the ability. It's for one it. of those and, internet yeah. things. I I was thinking about making that as because I I do stand up comedy on the side. I was thinking like that could be that could be my thing, Adam. Like I could be the funny wedding officiant and like come go. up with a, come up with a whole I, routine. But I nobody's help, looking I, for that, right? I can help you out. I got some laughs. <laughs> you got the website that I can no, go to. And yeah, become it, yeah, a wedding officiant. All right, give that to me during the break. Right after that break, we're going to talk with Evan Altman of Cubs Insider. You're listening to Rami Makloff on a Monday after your Fourth of July weekend on Chicago Sports Talk Radio Station AM six seventy. The score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.